0: We're back from the abyss after a month off. I still don't know what episode number this is, but we're getting to it. We have a whole bunch of questions. We're going to talk about coaching today, about mindset, shifting it, and being okay with being a little less than perfect. Let's go. And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set. With your host, Darren Starr. Hey everybody, thanks... Hey, What's I am up? Darren Starr, and I'm, I'm a full time online prep coach and have oh, been loading. since 2012. You can check me out at 5starphysique.com and read about my coaching programs, check out workout programs that I have is, available, um, read like articles, and most importantly, a, you can click on the minute. podcast it's button it's at the actually. top or go straight to thedropset.com uh, well, to vote on uh, the most recent poll question posted at the top of the page. It is really kind of hard to believe that I've Doing this podcast, since December of 2016, really busy. but here we are—we're over my, 200 uh, episodes in, in old, and we're still kicking. Stuff, so, crazy stuff. Um, we got some stuff now. This show over thrives here. on uh, a, and a exists only because of one, you. I think the listener so I, I thank you for being so. here and also encourage you to contribute um, and, uh, your questions and discussion topics you can email me at darren so, um, at 5starfitness.com five so or more we'll easily click on contact but, um, from 5starphysique.com and submit your question in the form you can also find me on social um, media at darren underscore so, star on Instagram uh, is probably the best way to go there comes to please also give a rating like thumbs up review or whatever is appropriate for whatever platform you're listening to this on and please share the episode Episode you like podcast. and tag me in your post. I, I appreciate it tremendously, well. and it helps us here so, reach a bigger um, audience, you know, like, which makes it that, more likely I that money, I can nab higher profile <laughs> yeah. guests for more future a, interviews. Yeah, more of a hobby so, than With that else, being said, the video production is kind of the same thing it. now. Um, it's it's an additional side gig that's really just you know a way to you know spend some time, learn some stuff, do some things that are kind of fun. Um, I got into doing it specifically because. Uh, my band needed music videos. Uh, man, we couldn't find anybody locally that would make one for us for a reasonable price. So I, I finally just always thought, well, I can do that. And then I thought about it. I'm like, Ooh, I don't know. I started watching a whole bunch of YouTube videos. I'm like, man, this is really involved. So then I took like an online filmmaking course. That was just a two week intensive course d- built around, like using your phone. And, uh, you know, I did a couple of, a uh, couple of quick videos and then I'm like, you know what? I can do this. So, um, two weekends ago, We went in our garage and shot a music video. We did it. We just said, screw it, and we did it. Um, And then last weekend, so a couple days ago, I sat down and over the course of the better part of two days, sat down and edited the whole thing. And aside from a little bit of title work, it is done. So... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did not think it was going to come together quite that quickly. Um, I figured it was going to be one of those things where once we decide that we're going to do it, it's like, okay, cool. And then six months later, we're getting it in motion, but we decided we were going to do it. And then the next weekend, you know, we gave us that week to, um, I had to order some stuff, um, for, for our set, um, which basically, you know, it was in our garage so i just got a couple of giant black tablecloths and taped them up on the walls i borrowed an amp from our producer so we had something cool and impressive looking on set um ordered a couple of lights um let my wife shop around for an outfit and uh we sat down and did it just fucking did it (laughs) so uh i'm i'm not gonna lie I'm, I'm pretty impressed. Like, I'm, I think anybody who, who listens to this podcast knows that I am not somebody th- that's going to sit here and toot my own horn. But I'm a member of this um, video production group um, on Facebook. And uh, I posted it there just looking for some feedback from people. And um, I got some comments um, from people, which is kind of cool. So, just, you know, one guy said, This is exceptional. Clearly you have the creativity for this. I'm like, whoa, okay. I wasn't really expecting that, but cool. This is awesome. Wow, this is good. This is a brilliant shot. Um looks quite professional. Uh I mean, I'll take it. You know, for being my third ever video project and my first attempt at a music video, I got to tell you, I'm really really happy with it. And my goal now we're already kind of planning on on video number two and figuring out what that song is going to be um we've got a whole bunch of stuff that we're just waiting to release and we didn't we haven't released this stuff in two years it's been done for two years, and we've been sitting on it because we didn't have video promotion work to put out with it. And if you just throw it out without that, you're just throwing it into the wind and nobody's ever going to listen to it. A video, people will watch. So once that's out, here's the thing. The release date for that is April 21st is when it goes live. So um, if you're interested in following along, Sketch Eclectic on uh, Facebook, Sketch Eclectic Band on Instagram, um, Sketch Eclectic on Spotify or Apple iTunes or Apple Music, Um, wherever you listen to music, we're available there. So you can um, follow us and uh, see that once it comes out, and uh, check the video, which will be posted on Facebook, YouTube, and all those other spots, too. So really excited for that. It's been sucking up a lot of time. I'm not going to lie. Um, so, um, you know, everything that I do with clients and my own training comes first. And then if I have some spare time after that, it's been going into video work. So, um, and ultimately this is going to come back and impact my coaching as well, because I'm going to be able to do better quality videos for social media. You've already seen some of those. If you follow me on Instagram, you've already seen some of those go live. Um, just, you know, I'm utilizing my new home studio space and my newfound lighting skills to put out some stuff that looks a little bit more professional. So um, how else that will manifest itself remains to be seen. I'm not sure quite yet, but anyway, that's the, that's the long and short of it here. So let, uh, let me don the headphones here and we're going to go into this voicemail, which I know is from Grace because she told me it is. Um, I did not get uh, it it's a long one and it was too long for Google voice to give me a transcript for. So I only know it's from her because she said, hey, did you get that voice memo from me, that voice note from me, that voicemail? And I said, "Uh, I don't know. And so I listened to it, and she introduces herself. And so, yeah, I know it's Grace, but I don't know what she says in here. So um, it is about three minutes long. So we're going to give Grace the floor and see what she's got to say. That didn't work. Oh, you know why? Because the track is muted. Okay, hold on, hold on hold the phone. We're going to try this again. Okay, here we go. We're going to unmute that track. There we go. doesn't look like anything is in this, but we're going to try it. Here we go.
1: Hey, Darren. It's great here. I am not calling with a question today, which might be the only time pretty much ever because I, uh, I feel like I asked you a lot of questions already. Fair. Um, but today I'm actually calling to share my current mindset. As it relates to working out and dieting in general. Sweet, lay it on me. So feel free to tell me I'm completely off base here, <laughs> uh, and that I need to like think of something else or whatever. Just lay it on me. But we'll do. I, I'm just gonna go for it. Do it. So as you know, uh, about two weeks ago, I got into a collision with a deer, and as a result, I haven't been able to work out at the frequency or at the intensity that I would like to. This has been really challenging for me because I love being on plan and generally speaking, the stricter the plan and the closer I have to adhere to it, the happier I am. This is true. It gives me a sense of control and stability that I find very rewarding. The flip side of that, however, is that when I'm not on plan or if I have to deviate for any reason, I start to feel out of control. Yeah. (laughs) And I even start to feel that way when the programming is a little bit more relaxed. And I start chomping at the bit for the next thing. Mm -hmm. When's the next push? When's the next high volume split? When are you making me eat shit on cardio? What's next, what's next, what's next?
0: I know this about you. And I
1: don't really stop and allow myself to enjoy the times that are a little bit more chill or when I'm off plan altogether. And that doesn't make any sense. When we are in a program that is more demanding, I do find myself longing for the times where I can spend more time out of the gym and I can eat a little bit more and I can be a little bit more flexible on the diet. But pretty consistently, when I have an opportunity to engage with it, even if I do engage with it, I still don't enjoy it. And to me, that's not a healthier, balanced relationship to have with working out and dieting. So, This last week, I had a conversation with myself, and I've been trying to shift my mindset to – where I'm being more mindful of the times that are a little bit more relaxed and embrace them a little bit more and allow them to elevate my quality of life and improve my relationship with food and to be a little bit more flexible on the diet and just yeah. not be so fucking hard on myself all the time. Yes. And such a perfectionist. Yeah. And to treat time what it is, which is a time to be savored. <laughs> know that when the next part of the program comes, that's really strict, and I'll have to adhere to it really closely, but I'll do everything that you ask me to down to the letter. So I'm hoping that going forward that this is going to be a more balanced relationship with bodybuilding and a healthier mindset, too. Anyways, that's all I got, so feel free to tell me.
0: And it cut her off right there. So that was your, (laughs) apparently there's a three minute time limit on these. So just so you know, if you call in in the future, what's the number? I don't know. It's been so long since I've done this. I forgot. Anyway, thank you, Grace, uh, for that. Uh, I appreciate it. Let me pull up that number real quick. Get ready to jot it down. So, you know, like you don't have to be super quick about it. Like you can take your time. Let us get to know you a little bit. That's a good thing. I like that. 865-518-6569. Listen to me. I got it. All right eight, six, five, five, one, eight, six, five, six, nine. Cool. So, um, you know, uh, I wrote a couple of notes here. Um, as I was listening to that, the first one is one of my favorite phrases when it comes to bodybuilding. And that is the grass is always greener because it is whatever you're doing. You always kind of wish you were doing something else, or at least part of you wishes you were doing something else. You're in prep. You're feeling kind of weak, small, tired, hungry. You're like, God, I just wish I could eat and grow. And then you eat and you grow. Things get a little soft. You're like, God, I just wish I could be lean, right? This is pretty much the universal truth of bodybuilding. I, I, I firmly believe that more or less everybody feels this way. It's just some people lie about it and say they don't. <laughs> uh, but I think uh, to some extent, I think if we're being honest with ourselves, everybody feels this way to some extent. It's, it's absolutely universal. It's completely and totally unavoidable. It's to be expected. So... I think that's fair. And recognizing that and just kind of forcing yourself to be a little bit more in the moment, like the macro moment. I don't mean macros and macronutrients, but big picture moment. Um, You allow yourself to be a little more, um, you know, accepting of the phase that you're in and roll with it and embrace it and make the most of it. Uh, So understand what your current goal is and don't just be aware of it, but really lean into it and roll with it. Um, I think that's incredibly helpful. So um, the other thing I wrote is be a perfectionist, except when you're not. Allow yourself to be imperfect. That's fine. Because here's the thing, whether you fuck up and make a bad decision or whether it's an honest mistake, we're all going to be imperfect and mess up at some point. So you just need to accept that that's going to happen and be okay with it. By the same token, I wouldn't say, you know, you need to have high expectations for yourself and high standards, um, but you know also uh, a willingness to, you know, not be completely rigid with that. So everything was that Grace was saying about finding balance. Like you know, th- this is this is her sharing her the the journey of her mindset through this process with us, and I think there's a lot of insight to be gained from that because I think you know everybody goes through. A phase, like a, a mental growth phase, with their relationship with bodybuilding, like what Grace is talking about here, um, at some point or another, and for some people, it's something that happens repeatedly. Um, so they have this this kind of you know realization with themselves, um, and then over time, some of those, uh, some of that mental progress can be undone, and you kind of regress a little bit, and then you have to do it again. That's okay too. Um, I think part of the problem here is that. Um, we have more access to seeing what people do in terms of bodybuilding via social media than we ever have before. You can see what anybody is doing in terms of, you know, the the best pro down to the most rank of amateurs. Um, but the thing is, you can't trust any of that shit. And you'll you'll see people online who, and I've, t- I've talked about this before, who profess this whole like, I'm so on it, every day is amazing. Oh my God, I'm incredible, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, you aren't, but okay, whatever. Maybe there's a couple people out there who are, but if you, if you look at bodybuilding, social media as a whole, you'd think that that's like 80% of everybody. And it's not, it's maybe like five people <laughs> total that are like totally on point every day, loving it. It's like everybody goes through shit phases. You know, I mean, you see people who disappear completely and all they do is throw is post throwback pictures for six months. That's somebody is. A great chance they're not doing all that well you know like they're struggling with it a little bit um, and that's that's okay it's hard it's a hard thing to do and for the handful of people out there that do really well with it every day kudos to you and I, I mean that with no snark although it kind of sounded like it <laughs> <laughs> no snark at all but it's just that's just not the not not the norm not the expectation um it's not a requirement for success it's just not it's not what is required for success is that you have more good days than bad overall zoom out and then at that point if you if you can fall into that category you're going to be progressing you're you're going to be um having a good time so um so uh that's a great perspective. I love that. And if you, if you can't enjoy time that's off plan or more chill time, think about it like this also. It's like, you know, what, what are the elements of it that you really enjoy? Like, I think it brings people satisfaction knowing that they're progressing, right? And that they're doing something productive to get themselves towards a goal. But sometimes, you know, taking a nap is progress. Uh, allowing yourself to, you know, catch up on chores around the house is progress because it can decrease stress. Um, allowing yourself to skip a workout and stay late at work or spend extra time with your significant other um, can be progress because you're improving that relationship. And when your quality of life is good outside of the gym, it's much easier for your um, intensity and your execution to be on point in the gym. So, um, And of course, there are, there are right times for that and everything. Nobody's going to say like, well, I'm two weeks out from the show, but man, I really need a vacation right now and that's going to help me de-stress. So I'm going to do that. Like, come on, don't be dumb about it. You know, <laughs> but, uh, I think you know, reasonable people can, can find a, a good balance there and you just have to allow yourself to do that. So, um, I'm going to allow grace to double dip here because she had that question. Um, and then she also sent me some questions via email here too. So this is the grace and Darren show today. Um, and she, she is the drop set MVP. Let's be clear. You know, um, I feel like I should I should make some kind of like a chalice or a conch or something that I can I can send out to somebody and then when the throne gets overtaken from them I have them mail that to somebody else or something you can display it on your desk at home. The drop set MVP, um, it's a scepter or something like that. Should be a sword realistically, but shipping a sword is hard. Um, okay, so she had some good questions that were kind of like more about uh, like industry related stuff. I didn't I I I. Very, very briefly peruse these questions. I did not read them in depth. So as I go through them here, it's going to be kind of an off-the-cuff um, uh, what response, I guess, is the word I'm looking for there. So uh, she said, uh, a few episodes. We'll see how, how detailed these answers get. It might just be all today. Might split it out a little bit. Um, geared towards coaches and or people looking for a coach. Awesome. And then she has some potential topics or questions. So here's the first one. What are some things that you, me... Wish that you, me, had known when you, me, were first starting to coach. What are some difficult and or powerful lessons you've learned? Yeah, that's a, that's a good good question there. What are some things that I wish I had known when I was first starting to coach? Um, the first thing would be just how fucking crazy people are, right? And I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, um, but uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot of truth to that as well. Not everybody, and a lot of people are crazy for very valid reasons. Um So, uh, but I mean like when it comes to food, like people get, you know, full on just unhinged when it comes to food sometimes and they just can't keep their shit together. Um, I think, uh, one thing is, is learning when to, um, when to cut ties with somebody, you know, um, I'm a firm believer in not firing clients because um, unless they you know, deserve it. I did fire a client recently, actually. Um, uh, you like how I said I'm a firm believer in not firing clients? And then four seconds later, I said that I fired one recently. So, yeah, I don't fire clients. I, I get a lot of people who are like, please don't fire me, blah, blah, blah. I'm having a bad week. I'm like, give me a break. Everybody has bad weeks. Everybody has, you can have a bad month. You can have a bad season, whatever. You can still pull yourself out of it. And that's what I'm here to do is help you pull yourself out of it. So I don't fire people for that reason. I did fire this guy though, because he was in clear violation of the uh, drug testing protocols of an organization that he wanted to compete in. And uh, I said, I'm not going to help you compete with that. He's like, really? Come on. It's not a big deal. I'm like, fuck you, dude. No, you're fired. That's it. So, um, It was kind of a ticky tack violation, but I don't care. Like it, it, that's not my call to make, you know, the, the organization posts their rules. We stick by those rules and in, you know, I did something more than what I probably should have in that I reached out to the organization and said, hey, here's the specific case. Can I get a ruling on this? Would this qualify for an exemption? And while I was waiting on there goes Taz barking while I was waiting on an answer um, from them, I decided I didn't care. Just the fact that he was willing to do it, whether they said it was okay or not. I'm like, I don't want to work with this guy. So, yeah, I fired him. Um, and I feel great about that. Uh, that's one of the best decisions I've made in a long time, honestly. So, um, what do I wish I had known? Well, one thing that I didn't do very well when I first started out was sticking up for myself and what I know that I did really well. Um, if somebody's like, hey, uh, you know, force people to be coachable basically like be coachable or don't hire a coach. And um, I am much more adamant on that right now. And it's not like a, my way or the highway kind of thing. But if you're coming to me and you're like, I still want to do all this stuff with my diet. I still want to train this way. And I need to do this much cardio still. I'm like, well then do that shit, but don't hire me as your coach. Like, I need to know that you're all in on doing stuff that I'm going to have to ask you to do that might not be exactly what you want to do. If you want to do the stuff that you want to do, continue doing it, but don't hire a coach that's going to want you to do maybe some different stuff. You know, it's not that complicated. Um, I'm flexible on some things, but uh, I had a guy reach out recently who said... um, you know, uh, I I think I want to do bodybuilding, but I still want to continue to train for strength and I want to continue to train my Olympic lifts while I'm doing it and blah, blah. I'm like, no, it's no. I mean, and then I I asked him, I'm like, why do you want to compete? Do you really want to compete? Did somebody just tell you that you should, or do you really want to? And so he came back and to his credit, he's like, actually, I don't think I'm going to do it right now. Like, good. That sounds like the right choice. You know, if you don't want to adopt a bodybuilding style of training to do a show, don't do a show. I mean, you know, Uh, Now, you can do it, but don't hire a bodybuilding coach that knows what it's going to take to get you on stage um, looking your best if you don't want to follow the basic outline of the program. Like if you want to stipulate what certain things need to look like in your program, that's a giant red flag for me. That that's like no 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 um and if that's like one of the first things that comes up in conversation i mean i appreciate somebody making that stuff um known to me but regardless of what that is if somebody in one of their first emails to me is starting to make stipulations i'm gonna say like regardless of what that is probably not a good fit unless it's like hey i'm i'm type one or type two diabetic and i need to watch my carb intake yeah okay fine <laughs> You know, that's reasonable. That's a reasonable stipulation. Or I've had you know um, knee surgeries repeatedly, and I can't do squats. Reasonable stipulations. If it's an I can't do something, and it might be like my work schedule is crazy. This is what I have to adhere to. Blah blah blah. Cool, we can work around that. If it's an I I want to do this or I don't want to do that. No, uh, and and so that's one thing I've learned over time is just you know don't accept stipulations like that. Again, you can be reasonable, you can be flexible, but. Um, as a client seeking a coach, you need to be coachable and you need to be willing to do what your coach asks of you. And I think it's also okay to question that, like, why can't I do this? And like for the guy who wanted to continue to train, um, with Olympic style lifting and powerlifting, I said, it's not conducive to contest prep. You're going to be in a deficit. Your performance is going to suffer. And he also said he wanted to maintain his strength throughout prep. I'm like, that's not going to happen. You're going to be in a deficit. Your strength's going to dip. You need to adjust your expectations um, or not do a show. So, you know, I'm not going to tell somebody no just because it's my ego involved and uh, and you, I want you to do what I tell you to do or else I'm going to get butthurt about it. It's like, no, I want you to do things a certain way because that's what's optimal. And it doesn't have to be totally optimal, but you don't want to accept things that are completely counterproductive to what you're trying to do. Like Olympic-style lifts, massive drivers of fatigue. They bring nothing to the table in a bodybuilding sense. Um, They increase your risk of injury. Um, They're going to delay your recovery from other lifts. It's like, no, just don't do it. Or somebody who wants to maintain marathon training while they're doing contest prep. I'm like, separate those things out and do them in different seasons. Don't do them at the same time. You're not going to do either one of them well if you do that. And if you're okay with doing both of them mediocre at the same time, great. That's fine. I don't know that you need to hire a coach to be super mediocre at doing something. So again, probably do that yourself to some extent. I don't know. Um, uh, next question that she asked is why bodybuilding specifically for me? Um, she said, "I think there's a weight of responsibility and pressure unique to bodybuilding coaches. Uh-huh, the diet aspect for shows, PEDs. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Why this field instead of just lifestyle or some other field? Um, well, um, because uh, I, I wanted to do competition prep um, because I liked the, um, I liked the exactness, the precise nature of it. Um, I liked the." mentality and the mindset and the challenge, um, that it brings to the table and that it requires of people. I really like that as well. And also, um, it requires a certain caliber of client to do it. And, uh, when I, when I knew that I wanted to do it full tilt, um, I was working in person as a trainer and the caliber of client that I had across the board was just fairly low, you know, which I think is true of most quote unquote personal trainers. It's just, you know, you get people who know they need to get in shape but they don't really want to do the work you know I had one guy I'll never forget him aaron dude <sighs> man he was a middle-aged guy uh, very definition like if if you if you opened up the dictionary and said out of shape Like, it would be his picture in there. Like, he wasn't majorly overweight or anything like that, but you could tell, like, this is a guy who probably hasn't worked out a day in his life, you know, and just eats what he wants, doesn't, you know, overdo it or anything like that, but could drop, you know, 30, 35 pounds and, you know, probably be just fine, you know? So textbook definition of just plain old out of shape, not like obese or anything, just out of shape, deconditioned, non-athletic. And he would just whine all throughout the sessions. And... I, I did some. Uh, the only in-person client I ever fired was him, and it was specifically just because I was sick of his whining, like all the time he was whining. One time I saw his ball sack, too, and that kind of um, that kind of crossed the line for me. Like he came in wearing these, uh, like the swim trunks that have the liner, but the liner was cut out, and his balls kind of snuck out one of them, and I'm like, okay. Can't unsee that. This just got weird. We just crossed a line here. And, eh, yeah, that combined with the whining, it's like, I can't see again. Actually, the, the ball thing happened a little earlier. And then we had a few more sessions. And, it, it, it like, I always thought of him as ball guy after that. Um, man. <sighs> Where was I going with this? <laughs> I just I got the visual back in my head now. It's like you can't. That was 14 years ago. You can't unsee that. Oh man, I definitely this definitely needs to be flagged with an E for sure. Um, so it's just the the caliber of client. Like I wanted to work with compet- I wanted to work with people who are serious. And maybe they not not everyone's going to be a professional bodybuilder. You're going to have people who are still going to struggle. But more or less, you you are working with a a, a kind of person who is okay with the buy-in they're okay with the kind of work that they expect is like they're doing it voluntarily right it's not like their doctor told them they have to compete the way that somebody like this guy probably had his doctor told him that he needed to drop 30 pounds um and so they're like fine i'll do it whatever i don't want to it's like no you're competing it's voluntary i wanted to work with people who wanted to work with me not people who felt like they had to work with me um so that had a lot to do with it. That, that, and so also being a competition prep coach, if you put yourself out there for lifestyle coaching, I think there's a certain expectation um, when people say, oh, he trains people for shows too. They, they know that I'm not going to be a pansy ass, right? So I think it gives me a little bit more leeway to be like, yeah, I'm going to push you, okay? And I don't need you to get up on stage, but I do expect kind of a similar level of work. Um, because that's the kind of work that it takes to get things done, you know, regardless of, you know, whether you want to, you know, just be healthier or get up on stage. Um, it's the degree to which you take it, but it's the same kind of work that has to be done, right? Um, so, a weight of responsibility and pressure unique to bodybuilding coaching? Well, I think so, because, um, you know, at the end of the day, it is a competition, Right. And I don't place a whole lot of stock in placings. They're not completely irrelevant. Um, They do mean something, but they don't mean everything Um, just because you don't have any control over who else shows up. And with bodybuilding, one thing also is like your genetics matter a lot. They really do. I know I've talked about that a lot before, too. But um, yeah, and the diet aspect for shows, PEDs for sure. I mean, you've got to keep people healthy at the same time. It's funny because you can tell if you watch online like who is doing things with PEDs the right way and who isn't. It's really obvious with women. It really is. Um, And I don't mean that for obvious reasons. Like, wow, she looks like a man. Like, no, clearly if you take it too far, there's going to be some of that. Um, But you can just tell. Like, if somebody maintains, like, you know, really, really, I'm, I'm talking mostly about, like, physique competitors or bodybuilders, to some extent, maybe figure, but much less so. Somebody who always looks jacked, year round like man they're really abusing the peds they need to come off because you know if if you cycle off appropriately you look like you've cycled off Right. Like everything you'll, you'll see somebody who does it responsibly where it, it's a pro doing a show and maybe at eight weeks out, you're like, wow, they don't look like they've got really a chance. And then suddenly at four weeks out, they don't even look like the same person. And it's because the PEDs kicked in at eight weeks out. That's when they started it up there and they're blasting everything hardcore to the finish line. And like <laughs> their picks from eight weeks out to show day, it's like that doesn't even look like the same damn person. Holy crap. That's somebody who blasted the hell out of it. And then they're probably going to cycle off after the show. Smart. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's still hard on your system, but it's better than running it long-term year round. I think as a coach, it's your responsibility to help keep people healthy. Um, so, uh, you know, Shelby Starnes, yes, that's a knock on you. Um, you know, uh, healthy also means alive and, you know, you can say what you want, but, um, I haven't had any clients die on me. So, mm, you know, say what you will about that. Yeah, I'm calling him out by name. I mean, it's it's common knowledge. Shelby Starnes has clients die on him. I don't. There you go. Now, his clients come in a little bit more peeled. Mm, Risk reward. Yep. Yep. You play with fire, you're going to get burned. Or, more appropriately, your clients can get burned. And by burned, I mean dead. So is it really worth it? Mm, I'm thinking probably not. Probably not. Probably not. So, yeah, that's that's a lesson that a lot of people in this industry need to learn. So, um. And it was funny, like that whole Washington Post expose on, on coaching that came out sometime back. Um, I read through that with bated breath, um, wondering who also was going to get mentioned in there. Dave Callic was mentioned in that. Dave Kalick, a former coach of mine, um, you know, sending text messages to his client after his client had died. <laughs> saying hey we need to adjust your diuretic protocol like no shit uh but i mean there there were warning signs all around and he did nothing to uh to try and stave off disaster so it's just a it's so sad it's so damn sad it's pathetic um yeah i hate being one step removed from any of that kind of stuff um it's just it makes me feel gross being a part of it so um so and the next question from grace here related to that, did I choose bodybuilding in order to bring good coaching methods to the industry? Or is it purely based on passion? It was just based on passion, what I wanted to do. And it turned out like, Hey, I've got a knack for this and I can, I do have a good, uh, a good system. And I think a good head on my shoulders to bring um, some sensible coaching into this. And clearly there's a need for it. Like we need more coaches who don't leave a body count behind, like as a first most basic step, (laughs) like, Hey, coaches. Can we stop killing our clients? That'd be great. So at the next, the next coaches annual meeting, I'm going to bring that up. Um, my thoughts on coaching and the industry in general. Well, there you go. So, um, I mean, you know, the only thing I really know about is me, uh, right. And beyond that, it's just speculation. Things I've heard, things I've observed from other people. Um, you know, coaches, some of them develop a reputation, and it's usually earned if they've developed a reputation. I don't think I have a reputation because I'm just not a big name, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with flying under the radar and just doing my thing to help people. So um, uh, the state of affairs in general is piss poor. It's pathetic. So, uh And I know just from, from talking with people who are looking for a coach and hearing like, Hey, what's your current coach having you do, et cetera. And I hear some really, really dumb stuff. I talked with one guy just yesterday who, um, you know, he had some, some issues with his current coach and we kind of hashed out those in a phone call and I was talking with him like, you know, nothing that, that your current coach is doing is really like super unreasonable or crazy or anything like that, but I mean, if there's a disagreement, if, if I've got a client who says like, hey, you know what? I want to do X, Y, Z. What do you think? And I'm like, no. You know, the answer isn't just no and shutting him down, which is what this guy experienced. It was like, I don't think so. And here's why and you know and i'll tell him how strongly i feel about that because sometimes it's like i wouldn't recommend it but you know i'm not going to die on that hill so if you want to that's fine you know i'm not a am not an amazing hard ass about it like one of the things that came up was abdominal work and he said this coach says i never need to train abs but i feel like i do I'm like yeah okay great i'm not gonna tell you not to i'm not a huge believer in doing a whole ton of direct ab work but some sure yeah yeah um like they can't, it can't just be passive work, right? You're going to have a weak core from that and you're going to set yourself up for greater risk of injury in a lot of ways. Um, But uh, you know, if I did strongly believe in that, like, no, you don't need to train apps. Well, no, you don't need to uh, with any kind of aggressive protocol or anything like that, but you can, you know, it's not going to hurt. Okay. Just do it. <laughs> it's like, I, like I said, I can be reasonable about things. That's the kind of thing that, you know, some of these things are negotiable. If you're like, hey, I want to do CrossFit five times a week while I'm doing your program. No, that's dumb. That's over, overkill. Your your performance is going to take a hit. Your metabolic needs are going to be incalculable. Uh, and by incalculable, I don't mean like so high we'll never know. I'm like, we can't estimate that. Like we're, It's going to be impossible. Your fatigue is going to be impossible to manage. Like, no, just don't do that. Don't do that. Um, Uh, She also asked here, um, what are some subtle red flags a coach might present? Um, So um, just answering yes or no to questions. Um, Somebody who doesn't, uh, and I do this just as a a tick. I don't even recognize I'm doing it. But when I leave voice notes for clients, I always say, any questions, let me know. And I mean it. I mean it. And uh, so... Uh, like if you have questions, let me know and I will give you answers and I will explain my answers as well. Like I'm not a yes or no guy, unless you hit me up via text, in which case you're going to get a yes or no answer because I hate texting. But if you send me an email or ask it in your check-in, you're going to get a long response. Um, that's how I work. And I'm, I hate text messages because it takes me forever to type. And I know speech to text, blah, blah, it doesn't work. It's just as frustrating. I have to auto, I have to go back and correct every other word. And it's just like typing it all out again. So it's a pain in the ass. Um, And I just cannot allow myself to send a text message. That's full of typos or wrong words. I can't do it. It's not in my DNA. I can't do it. Um, So uh, yeah. Coaches who, who um, don't answer questions in depth coaches that are inflexible on, on nitpicky little things. Again, if somebody is like, I want to do CrossFit five times a week or um, Hey, I'm three weeks out uh, and I've decided I'm going to go vegan. I'm like the fuck you are. You can go vegan after this show. (laughs) Like, like you're, you're not going to do it right now. Um, that, that's, I think that's an okay situation to be unreasonable um, just because three weeks out, come on. I mean, no, no, after the show. Uh, there, there are a lot of things that are reasonable requests. Like, hey, uh, like a lot of coaches are very particular. Like, uh, I don't really like doing the Stairmaster. Do you mind if I do the treadmill or the elliptical instead? If a coach says, no, it's got to be the Stairmaster, run away from that coach. It doesn't matter. I promise you, it doesn't matter. If a coach tells you you have to eat tilapia ever, no, you don't. And by ever, I mean, a lot of coaches say you have to eat it twice a day. You have to eat it five times a day. I'm like, the fuck you do? Jeez. No, you don't have to. You don't have to eat anything. No, you can get peeled and be allergic to tilapia. I'm sorry. It, not not a requirement. Not a, that's something that a, a lot of. Um, a lot of people who have a coach just accept his gospel. Like, well, the coach knows. I'm like, does the coach know? Or does the coach just regurgitating shit that they learned over the years and doesn't even know why they're regurgitating it? Well, coach, why am I eating tilapia five times a day? Well, my coach had me do that 10 years ago, so I've done it with all my clients since then. And if you can't hack it, it just means you don't want it bad enough. Look, watch out for that kind of energy. Like anything that gaslights somebody or blame shifts something, um, anything like that. Um, it, look out on social media, any client who says anything negative or questionable about a client on social media, big red flag. Like I'll call some people out on their bullshit here. Like the guy that I fired. Um, but well that's cause you know, I think it needs to be called out on that shit and I'm not naming him, you know? Um, should I? <laughs> no, I won't. I would never, um, even though I want to, but no, it's not going to happen. Um, so I would also say like, you know, I like one, one good thing that some people ask, and it happens very rarely when people reach out to me looking for a coach. It doesn't happen very often, but sometimes people ask for references. I was kind of like that when they do that. Um, Cause it shows that they're thinking. And then I get the chance to be like, Ooh, who am I going to send to this person? and so typically i'll send out an email to all my clients at that point like hey i have somebody who's asking for a reference who's up for it um and usually i get like you know a ton of responses a ton of people who are who are willing to step up and which is awesome i mean i I love getting that kind of feedback from people so um if if a coach says uh you know i don't don't have any references or they're like oh let me me look up into that and i'll get back to you and they never do Mm, it's a bad idea um and also, I would always go back and forth with a, with a coach via email a few times, and uh, th- this is one, and I, I struggle with this with clients sometimes. Um, ask the coach three questions and don't put them in bullet points. Here's a key for you. This is a reading comprehension test. If you ask three questions, you should get three answers back. If you ask three questions and you get answers to one or two of them and not three, figure that every one of your interactions with that coach till the end of time is going to be like that. And to be clear, yes, sometimes I know some of my clients right now are like, You forgot to answer this question on my check in. I'm like, Yeah, I know. Sometimes I do. I'm not perfect, but I'm pretty damn good. Okay. <laughs> and if if you ask me a follow up, I will be I will acknowledge like I totally spaced answering that the first time. I'm sorry, I forgot. I remember seeing that question now and I just forgot to address it. So um yeah, ask ask three questions and make sure you get three answers that's a tip for anybody. Like if you're interviewing somebody for a job or anything like that, if you're looking to hire somebody to mow your lawn, what, I mean, anything just, I mean, at that point, you're probably not going to be emailing your, your lawn person on the regular. So probably not too important there, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just basic reading comprehension. So, uh, I think it's, it's worth it. Uh, It doesn't mean that it's an unworkable situation, but for me, like I get super annoyed by that. So, uh, that doesn't fly with me. And I just, I don't want to hire somebody where I'm, I know I'm setting myself up to be irritated (laughs) long-term consistently. It's just not, not fun. Any other red flags, subtle red flags? Um, I don't know. Look on social media and see if your coach seems to be a massive narcissist. That would be another thing. There are plenty of them out there. Um, and for some people, that might not be a big deal. Um, for me, it's such a put off. And again, it, it's like, you know, you're going to have a professional relationship with this person. Is that relationship going to annoy you more than it helps you? And if if my coach was a total narcissist, I'd be like, oh my God, this person, why am I paying this person? I can't, I can't even stand them. Like you shouldn't have to just tolerate your coach. You should enjoy working with your coach. Your coach should give you, give you a vibe when you're communicating with them that you feel important and that they care about you, and that they like what they're doing. And if you don't get that vibe, then, yeah, walk away. There, there's plenty of coaches out there. You can find one. I promise. You can find one. And I'm not just saying me. I'm, I'm full up at the moment. So <laughs> that being said, you can always reach out and get on a wait list if you want to. I'm, I'm actually not doing a wait list right now. I'm thinking about it, but I, I'm, uh, not yet. Not yet. So uh, anyway, that's all I got. That's all I got. 865-518-6569, right? Call in. Talk to me. Leave a message. Talk just, you know, make me feel important, please. Um, I got feelers out for a couple of interviews I want to do with people, but I got nothing. I got no responses yet or nothing. I don't know what's going on. I really want to do more interviews, but it's just so hard to get people to respond. And, you know, it's like, what's in it for me? Nothing. We're just going to have a chat. Isn't that good enough? I don't know. So if anybody has any ideas on who they would like to hear on here, and better yet, if you have an in with that person and you can help me make a connection with them, please let me know. In the meantime, call in with your questions, 865-518-6569, and I'll catch you in episode whatever this is, plus one.